call is all about the Rocksteady workbook. And the workbook comes with your book. So as you're reading, you'll come across the workbook on page 50 and further throughout in the um, exercise section and also in the closing words. So if you don't feel like going through and if you want to go straight to the workbook, you can go straight to the closing words at the end. And there's in the uh, table of contents, you can look up where the closing words is. So it's on page 269. So that's kind of a cheats way of getting straight to the workbook. The online workbook comes free with all purchases of the book. And the reason I did that was because I, in my first manuscript, when I wrote the book, there was just too much. We had to cut stuff out because the publishers were worried they didn't want the book to be too thick or overwhelming. Um, so I thought rather than create a program that people had to purchase or just lose everything and delete it, I'll pop it straight up online to a really user-friendly, simple workbook that directly accompanies the book. And in fact, they were written together. Um, and I also thought it'd be nice for people who are perhaps new to the online world just to have a taste of what it feels like to listen to audios and to drop in and to to to, to be in that space of online learning because it is it can be intimidating or daunting to people who are new to that so it's just kind of a gentle way of shifting from being in the book land of reading um, which is so wonderful and thank you everybody for your feedback I've had people I've had people who are um who are saying that the book is really helping them um, even though they've got the full rock steady program and they've, you know, they've done their healing and they're in the process. They're like having the book to come back to has been amazing. Great. So what I'm going to do is share the screen with you to show you. I'll stop that screen share. And then I'm going to actually show you the program. Is that it there? There it is. Great. So just let me know in the chat box, can you actually see the, the screenshot of the workbook companion? Perfect. Great. And I'm just going back through the chat to see if anyone's had any questions. Oh, and I wanted to acknowledge Lon. Lon is a member of our Rocksteady um, community he wrote that music which is so groovy it made me feel like I was kicking back in a um Australian music festival laying in the sun listening to this like lazy electric guitar and that's called the NQR blues so the not quite right blues which I thought just was really really cool so I wanted to share that with everybody great so I think the only question I've had so far is how do I find the workbook you have to read the book the book guides you how to get there how to how to find it Great, and I'm just gonna open this up again. Okay, perfect. All right, so if nobody has questions about using the workbook, what I thought I might do is just walk you through it, show you what it's all about. I had, I employed an artist to create these incredible illustrations and I specifically said I want people to fall in love with their body. I don't actually think these need to be anatomically correct. They are. She's done a really good job. Um, I wanted the images to really inspire beauty and awe and for people to like really see the miracle of their body and to learn how to tap into the natural potent innate power, the healing intelligence of the body, which is a real thing. And if you talk to any surgeon, they will tell you there's so much going on that they don't understand, but they know the body does certain things in certain ways. Um, great. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to open up these little links here that show you. I'm really going to encourage everybody. Is it this one here? Can you still see that or do I have to share that again? Can you see the picture of the neurons? Just let me know because I might have to go in and out of screen sharing. Yeah, perfect. So the reason I'm showing you this is because I'm encouraging you to print this off. I said to the artist, I want this to be um, at a high enough level of quality that people can print it off. They can pop it in their bedroom. They can pop it in their lounge room. They can pop it in their toilet, wherever. Just a place where they can really appreciate what's going on in their ears. 
And this is a really nice description of a neuron that would be traveling from the inner ear. This is a specific type of neuron called a sensory neuron, a bipolar neuron. It's got the two arms. One arm is receiving the chemical message. The chemical message there is depicted as the little dots and bubbles. The synapses there are meeting. So the message is going from one neuron to the next neuron. It's traveling down through the body of the neuron, down the axon and out the synapses to then meet the next neuron. So the message is passing along. And over here, if you zoom in on a synapse, it looks like these two fingertips meeting and the chemicals between the two fingertips are being passed along. Um, and that is how our body is communicating messages all day long. And that is how we function. That is how we breathe. That is the miracle of the human body. Um, and I'll see if it's got a very busy screen. Hopefully you can see this one now. This is the inner ear. Just let me know in the chat box if you can see the inner ear and I'll talk you through this one. Because again, I want you to log in to your workbook. And again, people are saying, how do I access the workbook? You can't miss it. If you're reading the book, the workbook is referenced throughout the entire book, okay? If you're not reading the book, you'll have no idea how to find the workbook. If you're reading the book, you'll find it. So I'm just encouraging you to print this off and get to know the miracle of your body and to not be afraid of it. So we've got the outer ear here, the ear canal, <clears throat> which, is, which is of less importance. What we're really interested in is this inner ear piece. These are the three semicircular canals for balance and they're zoomed in here. <clears throat> and the artist, Emily, has created um, an, an image here that so you can see the inside of the inner ear, which is kind of uh, a mouthful to say, but the inner ear itself is full of fluid chambers, which you can see she's drawn in. And the saccul and the otolith are the bulges down here, which are the otoliths, the saccul and the utricle. They're what help us gather push, pull and acceleration information. So when we're moving forwards, when we're stopping, when we're pausing, when we're tilting, and they're where the otoconia calcium particle lives healthy in the ear. And when we get benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, BPPV, it's the most common form of vertigo. I've had it a few times. Many of you on this call will have had it. It's actually really easy to treat, but that's when those healthy calcium particles fall out of this area and they move into one of these canals. And then as we're rolling over in bed or doing up our shoelaces or looking up or in yoga, doing a dog pose or something, we get the flurry of vertigo because there's actually moving particles in the canals where they don't belong. And that's where we use something like the BPPV video kit to test which canal the floating debris is fallen into and then which treatment we use to roll it back in. So just having a look at the visual might help you understand, okay, this is what's happening with my BPPV or, you know, if you've got, so there's five parts of the balance organs, the three semicircular canals and the two otoliths, the, the two otoliths, the utricle and the saccule. It's really important to know we don't need all 10. So there's two ears and five in each ear. We can have complete damage to one ear and still perfect balance function. So it's really important to get to know how robust and redundant your ears are. When we do vestibular testing, which I cover in, the, in part two of the book, sometimes we do see damage to people's ears, but that doesn't mean they don't have perfect balance or perfect hearing. And again, so, so tinnitus, which is the sounds in the ears, is generally coming from the cochlea and the nerve that carries those messages onto the brain. It, you can have absolutely perfect hearing and tinnitus and you can have perfect balance function and imbalance or dizziness and vertigo. So it's just really important not to associate damage with the inner ears with the problem. It's often not that simple. And the flip side of that is, so you can have a basically a normal healthy, healthy inner ear and you can experience symptoms of tinnitus and vertigo, right? So no damage, but you've got the symptoms. And then the other way around, you can have legitimate damage to a part of your cochlea, a part of the nerve or any part of the balance organs and you can have zero tinnitus and zero dizziness. You can have absolutely perfect hearing and balance function. So I hope that makes sense that get to know your body and its robustness and it's designed to take a knock, right? We're designed to be out in the warring world as cavemen and cave women. We are very good at healing quite rapidly within a six week period, any damage to the cochlea, the nerves or the vestibular organs. And while we can't replace things that are permanently damaged, we don't need to. We've got this robust redundancy. We've got so many other neural firing patterns that can rebuild beside the damage. 
Which brings me to my last little picture, which doesn't need any labels, which is the brain. We have billions of neurons and trillions of synapses throughout the brain. Our ears, eyes, spinal column, skin, tongue, nose, all of our senses are feeding information into the brain and the brain is making sense of it. And this is where our tinnitus and vertigo really live because this is where the brain is interpreting the sound or interpreting the movement sensations. And this is where we're in control of creating new firing patterns, which is what we talk about throughout the book, particularly through part three, which is the section titled Heal. Um, so there's a question that's come in, but I really want to keep the questions today focused on the workbook. Um, but I'll just read it out. So any thoughts on dizzy symptoms with pressure on the nasal sinuses, eyes and forehead? Well, not, not really. It's, it's not really relevant to today's talk. Um, the, if you read my book, I cover all of this, you know, what when we sense any sensation where we judge it as not quite right or right okay so you can have two people experiencing exactly the same flurry of sensations one person might interpret it as excitement apprehension like nerves in their stomach because they're about to go on a date and it feels really uplifting and enthusiastic another person might interpret that exact same flurry of sensations as as nausea, as awful, as terrible. They don't want to feel that butterfly feeling in the stomach. A lot of it's about how we interpret the sensations we're feeling and whether or not we judge them as normal or abnormal. And the same goes with sensations of pressure and feel, fullness and fogginess. One person might interpret those as a really pleasant feeling and a really a, a nice feeling of solitude and containment and center. And they like having that feeling of boundary. Somebody else might feel claustrophobic by it. So Great. So what I want to do is to come back to the chat box and I'm going to really ask you, has anybody on this call started to use the workbook? However you use the workbook is totally up to you. So someone said to me, should I read the full book and then go back to the workbook? Should I go chapter one and to the workbook and not start chapter two until I finish? Not at all. Like, if there's anything people learn from me, it's that there's no rigid right way or wrong way to do anything. I mean, there'll be people out there who never access the workbook just because they can't be bothered getting on a computer, right? They'll just read the book. There might be people who never get the book and only use the workbook. Neither of those options are really ideal. I think it's best that you play with both and dance with both. You might want to read the book entirely and then go back and read the book again and access the workbook at the same time. So you kind of sit back, get a good view of the book, just read it and be in the book and then go back and really use it. For those of you who are actually experiencing chronic symptoms, reading the book is not going to help you. You have to read the book and use the book. You've got to implement the exercises. You've got to design your own home program. And the workbook will be part of your, your ally, your team to help you access that, right? So you can't, like reading the book is the first step. It's not the end step. And However you choose to use the workbook is completely up to you. Not a bad idea to read chapter one and then go and visit the workbook and, and see what, what comes out of that. So we're moving on. This is, I've just clicked on chapter one here so we can have a look at a little bit how it works. There'll be a drop down of options in each chapter and then you can open that up and access it and use it as you wish. I thought today on the call, we might go through this process together. And then I've also added a few video interviews and, and quick links that I reference in the book. Um, there's a really great audio recording of how to build neural pathways, I think in chapter eight or nine. So wherever I refer to it in the book as you're reading it, the book will then guide you. I think I've dog marked it. Here it is. So on page 222, which is in chapter eight, at the end of it, I say in the um, home exercise section, go to your workbook. Click on chapter eight and then you'll find this really, really great live group call that we had recently on building neural pathways. And then you can click it on and listen to the, chuck your headphones on and listen to the replay. And that will give you a taste of what it's like to have community and have that connection and be learning with other people, which just really goes way beyond what a book is even able to offer. Great. However you choose to use the exercises is completely up to you. So the whole point of the Rocksteady process is you're getting tools for your toolkit. You choose what you use when you, and, and the, the book and the Rocksteady program are really, they, they work together. They're a marriage. People who have the program are getting 
such great benefit from sitting back and reading the book as one narrative and it really helps them go deeper into their learning and have these aha insights and then people who are reading the book are finding it great to flesh out a deeper sense of practice and a deeper sense of what 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 do I do now what next how do I get the motivation and sense of community and support the program's helping them in that sense of forward moving motion to deepen their exploration so they're really very different and they're really very complementary someone's asked you know how do I use this workbook with Rocksteady? However you want to. A lot of this overlaps with Rocksteady. You know, you can almost think of the workbook as a little taste of Rocksteady, but it directly complements the book and it bridges the two together. So however you want to use it, use it. I think I've just answered that question, Michelle, but let me know if you need me to answer it again. Um... So it sounds like most people are reading the book first and then they're going to access the workbook later on. Okay, so because no one's got any questions about the workbook, why don't we go straight into chapter one together? If you need to go and get a pen and paper, go do that. So just, you know, make yourself comfortable, get a cup of tea, grab pen and paper, let's go through work together. But what I really want to start with is... Um, Yeah, fall in love with your inner ears, print off those magical illustrations that we had made for you. We put them in color. We put a lot of time and effort into trying to help you along your way. A really big part of healing is changing your relationship to your body. So we need to start to mix things up and do things differently so we can change our relationship to our body. So print off those images of your brain, your neurons, your inner ear get to know your body, fall in love with your body and go through the workbook exercises, go through the Rocksteady exercises, go through the book exercises and see what happens as you start to befriend yourself, become curious, shift into loving kindness and compassion, connect with your community. Great. So Natalie's asked, what's the difference between distracting yourself from symptoms and actually enjoying an activity that you that you then forget about them. Sometimes I'm enjoying an activity, but I'm worried I'm avoiding my symptoms. And I guess it depends on mindset. I actually cover that in the book. And there are people out there who say to me, I still have symptoms. I've done everything. I've seen every doctor. I've done all the physical therapy. I've been the best student. I've changed my diet. I do things I enjoy. I like my friends. I'm focused on things I like. My life's pretty good. I just hate my symptoms and they never get better. There's a reason for that because they are still making symptoms front and center. They still have a relationship between their body, their symptoms that is really dysfunctional. They haven't actually used neuroplasticity. So going ahead and focusing on what you enjoy is not gonna heal you. It's all about what you feel in the body and that is directly covered in the book. Yeah, yeah. So anyone can access the workbook, doesn't matter whether you buy an ebook or a regular book. Great. Okay. Now there's one last thing. If I can open up my email again. Sorry, got way too many windows open. Do you want to hear from the artist? The artist wrote me in a beautiful little um, kind of summary on how it felt for her to be working on this project. So I'm just going to see if I can find that. So she said to me, can you because I said I actually invited the artist onto this call. I wanted her to talk about her process of researching the inner ear, the brain, the neurons. And um, she was going to come on the call, but she had work meeting and in, in, or she had to be in studio. So this is what Emily said. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce her last name, but it's, it's Guthier, Emily Guthier. And I asked her to watermark your images. So when you print them off, um, she has her stamp and her name. You can follow her on Instagram. She's wonderful. So Emily said, my perception of the body was one directional before I met Joey. I've been to many art schools, studied human anatomy, but I never saw it for what it was. From my first chat with Joey, I had an initial connection. I was drawn to the vision she expressed and her outlook on this subject matter. In my personal works, I explore many issues revolving around mental health, our dissociation towards feelings and society's perceptions, which I think aided me in connecting to Rocksteady, changing how you view your body removing the negative connotations and seeing your body as the miracle that it is. At the beginning of any project, I start with research. I collect articles, video, imagery, anything that will aid me in pinpointing a direction or provide inspiration. 
From there, I usually start by drawing quick two minute sketches, rough outlines and shapes to map out the design. And I actually shared those within the Facebook group as this was happening, I was sharing the art that Emily was emailing me. And those scribbles get turned into a more concrete visual, which I share with the client. It's a process, a collaboration between the artist and client and interplay of ideas, which eventually result in the imagery you see in Joey's book. So that is from Emily, the artist, and I'm just absolutely thrilled with what she came up with. Great. Perfect. Great. So let's all click on chapter one together. If you've got your workbook open, you can click on chapter one. You'll be able to see it better than seeing my screen share. And let's go to the looking within exercise. So you can down, someone said, is the workbook online? It's called an online workbook because it's an online workbook. The PDF downloads of the um, illustrations you can print, but you know, any of this you can print, you just print from your computer. But it's, yes, it's an online workbook. So I want you to, with your pen and paper, reflect upon your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual layers of health, right? I've got examples of what that means. My questions for you to ponder today are what is your body communicating to you? What parts of you are working well? What parts of you are feeling dis are you feeling disconnected from? And if your body could speak, what do you think it might say to you? So I'm going to give you some time to ponder this. I might do it myself. I'll go get my own pen and paper. And if anybody wants to come on live and share any of their insights or any of their reflections, any, any of their confusions, um, we can do that together live. Great. The only way for you to access the workbook is to go to page 50 of your book or page 269 of your book. So you've got to open up your book. Right. If you want to find the website. So what I might do now, if I can, is I'm just going to pause the chat box. And I'll give you time. So the questions again are, what is your body communicating with you? What parts of your body are working well? That's probably the best place to start. Let's start there. What parts of your body, what parts of you are working well, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? So let's just start with that one question. Physical things are things like how your body moves, your posture, any, any tension or ease that you're feeling in your body. How are you sleeping? Your connection to your sexuality and sensuality, all of these physical parts of our life. And, you know, there's so much more behavior, diet, um, body image. So in the physical quadrant, you know, what's working well, what's going well for you? In the mental quadrant, how is your self-talk? What's going on with your thought patterns? Do you have any repetitive thoughts that are really helping you, really beneficial for you? How are your doubts presenting? How are you managing your doubts? How are you meeting your doubts? What kind of worries do you have? Do you have persistent worries or do you have like really light worries that don't impact you at all? And what ideas are floating through your head? On the emotional level, what can you say about your stress patterns, your fight, flight, freeze response? And how are you going with your emotional fluidity, the full spectrum of feelings from anxiety, anger, guilt, shame, etc., all the way through boredom, neutrality to joy, peace, elation, ecstasy, um, the highest of all joys and openness. Are you feeling closed in? Are you feeling open? And then the final category, our spiritual layer of health, where are your beliefs at? How are your dreams, your creativity, your belonging, your purpose, your sense of community? How are you feeling on this planet? How are you feeling connected to yourself, connected to your role in society? What's your relationship to your inner self? So there's a lot of prompts here for you to take this in any direction. There's no right or wrong. But what I want to prompt you to focus on, first of all, is what parts are working well. I want you to celebrate the things that are going well. I might just give you a minute or two to, to, to really drop in. And then I'll, um, I'll open up the chat and you can share any of your insights, things that have come to you. So what's working well? Let's focus there.
And also just notice how sometimes we're very quick, well, not sometimes, most of the time, we're actually very quick to judge what's not going well, what's not perfect, what's what we don't perceive as normal or working properly. Put that aside for now, car park that over there and front and center notice what's working well. You might say, okay, well, my fingers are working, my eyes are working, I can see, my ears are working, I can hear Joey talking through my computer. You know, you might say my cognitive functions are working, the fact that I can log in, I can use Zoom, I'm actually capable of doing this. You might say I can walk, I can make myself breakfast, I could put the kettle on and make a cup of tea. You might say as far as stress patterns go, well, actually, I'm finding it really difficult in COVID. I have a lot of fight, flight, freeze stress patterns, and I'm doing a really brilliant job of self-soothing, of bringing in compassion, kindness, of really moderating that stress and constantly coming back to this calm center, even though I have a lot of stress and a lot of really rational circumstance, appropriate stress patterns, I'm meeting that really beautifully. I'm soothing myself every hour. So that's going really well. So rather than saying, well, I'm stressed and I shouldn't be stressed, maybe in this month, in this day, in this week, there are significant stresses in your life and it's actually how you manage them and ease them and move through them and honor them that that's going well because we can't remove the reality of life. We can't remove the fact that perhaps COVID has hit the family really bad. Perhaps people are sick. Perhaps they've lost their jobs. You know, these things in the outer world, we have to flow with the river. We've got to lean in and move with it. We can't fight it, resist it, or pretend it's not happening. It is happening. What's working well and how are we meeting that with ease, grace, insight, intuition, and presence? Because remember, neuroplasticity is what happens in the present moment. How am I shifting my neurons, my my synaptic connections in this moment, despite everything going on in the outer world? How am I coming back into my desired sensations of who I want to be and how I want to show up in the world and therefore creating entire new neural templates that create my new normal? So really focus on what's going well. What beliefs are serving you well? Where is creativity showing up in your life? Where do you have meaningful purpose and connection? Where do you have really healthy dialogue and inner thought patterns? Where are you meeting your worries with kindness and clarity? How are you clearing the confusion you know this is all part of the rock steady process and in this process i put this in chapter one when some of you may have not many tools yet you might be completely new to this and you're like oh my god what's working well i don't know it's good to see where you need to work right so you want to see what's working well so you can celebrate that and find comfort in that but then you also might want to go well there's bits i have no idea what to do i have no idea what to do with my worries i have no idea what to do with my stress patterns i'm completely disconnected to know if i'm stressed or not i don't have that knowledge yet i don't know how to connect to my body that's where you can begin to do your work right so it's not a judgment it's not saying you're failing you're inadequate it's actually saying okay well i need to look at the curriculum for me i need to design appropriate reconnection to my body based on where I am not based on where somebody else is or what somebody else is going through I need to know what's working well in my body because that's the bits I want to really focus on and be grateful for and connect recreate trust with and the reason that's important is because when we have chronic symptoms we lose trust in the body and we feel like the body's abnormal it's failing it's letting us down and that creates extremely unhelpful toxic and dis- dysfunctional belief patterns which further reinforce the symptom symptom loops. All of this is explained in the book. So we need to unlearn that. We need to unwind that. We need to recreate new belief patterns, new trust, new connection, new relationship to the body. All right, I'm going to um, open up the chat box. Your chat is going to come directly to me, okay? So I'm going to open up the chat box. Um, not everybody will be able to read what you're writing. It's going to come directly to me and I'll pull out. Let me know if you want to come on and talk live about any of this process that you're going through in terms of can you find things that are working well? Are you surprising yourself how much of your body is working well? And it's it's nice to put the spotlight there and say, oh, well, actually, I felt really broken, but it's not true. A lot of me is working really well. All right, let's see, Gary. Um, One moment, Gary, I'm just going to uh, allow to talk. Gary, I think you can unmute yourself. And then we'll see if we can hear you. Great, that's worked. 
Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Great. So what did you get out <clears> of <throat> this uh, little kind of bird's eye view exercise of just saying, okay, well, where am I physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? What was the first thing that landed for you? Um, physically was biomechanically I'm sound I feel strong flexible I can run um, which I couldn't do Hmm. three months ago I couldn't go for a run because I just felt sick but I go for regularly runs in in nature um, and that goes into the um, my stress patterns as well I use runs and walks early morning in nature Hmm. a to remind myself that I, I can move without feeling like I'm going to fall over mm-hmm. um, and to reset. Great. And can I just ask, when you focus in on what's working well, how does that make you feel? Um, <clears throat> it gives me confidence that uh, going through this and, and learning how complex the body is, it gives me confidence that the rest of my body is functioning. And if the rest of my body is still functioning, the ability to put one foot in front of the other yeah. and run, then, then my inner ear can function again properly. And so this is okay. This is good So see how this is. There's a belief here in that moment. I'm not saying you believe this every day, but in that moment, the belief was my, my ears dysfunctional, right? Sure. How do you know that? Um, the audiologist told me I've got a 32% deficiency in my left ear. Okay, so I want you to question that. Okay. You can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. So hearing's functional. Are you happy with that statement? Yeah. All right. I want you to write that down. My hearing's functional. And that's a huge part of your inner ear. That's like 30,000 neural fibers there that are getting the hearing to arrive at your brain and allow you to hear my voice and use it. doesn't mean you have perfect hearing. You're functional hearing. Yeah. Right. My hearing is functional. Okay. You can run. Yes. Someone with dysfunctional ears can't run. So let's, let's look at your, your vestibular function. Can you stand? I'm assuming you can, yep. but can you, okay, you can stand. Can you bend over and do up your shoes? Yeah. Can you lay yourself down in bed and get yourself back up again? Yeah. Can you take a staircase? Yeah. Can you drive a car? Yes, but after a while it's problematic. Can you drive a car? Yes. Because remember, the ears are giving you the capacity to drive a car in that moment. If it becomes problematic after a while, that's not the ears anymore. That's the fatigue on the brain and your body and your emotions. Okay. Okay. That's not, that's it's no longer your ears causing the issue down the, down the line. Um, if someone were to invite you surfing or a completely new activity, you perhaps aren't very good at, or you've never even done, would you be able to gently have a go at that and try a new activity? Yeah. About during the last six months has been, worst it's been and during that time um i went on segways which requires quite a lot of balance so yes i can do that can you can you just say that from bedside examination which is what we call it in the the medical world you have completely functional ears okay i have an entire chapter on how vestibular audiology tests can be really really toxic for people And they can have tragic outcomes because A, we can't go in and actually assess your ears. Like we can't shine a torch on them. They're they're very close to your brain. They're hidden by the skull. It's not like the eyeball where you can just open your eyes, shine a light on it. And we can, the, the doctor, the ophthalmologist can learn a lot about the eyeball by physically assessing it, right? You cannot do that with the inner ear. So what we have to do is these very abstract tests that are inferring information that may or may not be coming from the ear and arriving at a muscle we're testing muscles that are receiving messages from the ears right it's subjective and there's a lot of room for error the calorics and all that jazz correct i would not take any information from a caloric test to heart i wouldn't take any information from a vemp test a vestibular evoked myogenic potential that's where they they tap you and there's the loud sounds all of those tests can change give depending on who does the test depending on what day it is And even if you did have a perceived 32% weakness, 
that is so mild and minor. I would call that essentially normal function. In my report, I wouldn't call that a weakness at all. Right? Okay. It's, it's normal to have little asymmetries coming and going. What's important is can this guy walk? Can this guy make his own breakfast? Can this guy follow me down the hallway from this test room to that test? That's what I'm interested in, the function of you. You know, if somebody cannot stand in their body and they're all over the place, not with anxiety, but with actual vestibular dysfunction, it's really obvious to us. We can see it. It's functionally very present. <clears throat> yeah, so, I've been there. Yeah, I'm not like that anymore. Yeah, and it usually it lasts it's very rare that, a, that an audiologist sees that because that usually clears up within two weeks, at yep. most six weeks. And that's if somebody has some kind of brain damage and it's, it's slower. Um, that, I mean, the reason I mentioned it, um, it was just because they've, um, they've told me it's very similar to what you're saying is you need to retrain. Um, and I know it's different from your book compared to uh, a, a typical vestibular rehab. Um, and it has to do with the vestibular ocular reflex that's saying my eyes have overcompensated, so I have real trouble with PCs and screens. Um, but yeah, anyway, I don't want to hog the channel. No, that's fine. And vestibular rehab is exactly what Rocksteady is about. So, yeah. um, and the Rocksteady program has traditional vestibular rehab involved in it however it needs the emotional component it doesn't matter how many times you repeat you know looking at a thing and turning your head yeah, and yeah. freaking out it needs the emotional spiritual component interconnected interwoven into the physical practice otherwise people just stay stuck and they don't compensate so it's got to be the whole it's got to be the whole person changing their relationship to their body changing the way they trust their body and the signals they're sensing and feeling um and you've got to pick yourself up on those moments when you're like my ears my ears dysfunctional it's just that it's not true that's not a fact and you've got to be really careful what information you buy into and that includes coming from perceived experts just because somebody has an audiology degree or an ear nose and throat surgical degree or a neurology degree doesn't mean they know you doesn't mean they know what's going on in your inner world doesn't mean they know how you're changing every moment every day uh -huh. so it's very important that that not just you, Gary, but everybody advocate for yourself, stick up for yourself. Notice when sometimes um, erroneous information can be really debilitating. And the reason I say that, and then I'll, I'll let you off the hook, Gary, is <laughs> I, I've met people, and I mentioned this in the book, I've met people who may have had a vestibular test 10 years ago. They got told they had a left-sided weakness or something. They got told they had a vestibular disorder that could never get better. And they got told they had to live with it. And literally 10 years down the track, I can see as I meet them in the clinical history, they're perfectly fine. They're walking, driving, everything's fine. They can pour their own cup of water. They can, you know, feed themselves. They are functionally perfect. But they will, yeah. they will go up and introduce themselves to a stranger as someone with a vestibular disorder. They've completely latched onto the identity and the illness and the abnormality, and they've made that their identity. That is yeah. tragic, right? And I think it's really important for those of you who are either going to go through any kind of balance testing or vestibular testing or audiology testing or just further testing. I have a whole section in part two on this. Know why you're doing it and do it to empower yourself, not to weaken yourself. There's nothing wrong with the tests. I've done them for years and I've done them on thousands of people. But it's like, what are people doing with that information? Uh -huh. And that, and that's where some of these dysfunctional belief patterns can set in because the expert tells us we're broken or abnormal does not mean you're broken or abnormal. And I'm going to touch on that at the end of this call. So Gary, did anything, else, did anything else come up for you as, as, um, so it sounds like physically you're doing really well. And it sounds to me what's popped up in our conversation is that emotionally and spiritually, there's a few holes there's there's, yeah. there's there's a lack of trust a lack of belief a lack of awe, a lack of the miracle right um, and yes and yes and no i mean I, I i i was at a point where i believed that i couldn't work and i'm a project manager and we're working from home right so i spend all my time in front of a pc yeah um but but then i got I was like, screw this no i need to be able to work i'm gonna work to the point that is comfortable then stop and reset and i'm i was basically doing 
30 minutes work and then 20 minutes body scan. Perfect. And that was my day to, to cycle. It's like, right, where am I? Why can't I do, you know, what, what's upsetting it? And then like literally spinning around on my chair from the, from the, the monitor and focusing on my feet being grounded. It's like, right, I am on the floor. The world isn't moving. Yeah. Um, the, the, I can see the PC screen is not moving. So I did build up a belief system that, um, can, can I just, I, I can do it. Can I interrupt Ooh. you a little bit? Yep. And congratulations, by the way, you're on track. Like that's exactly what we want to do. We want to challenge those beliefs and then find a way to work through really owning the new belief. So from I can't work, I'm broken to I'm perfectly normal and I can work. I just have to support myself in new and different ways now. And that doesn't make me abnormal. Uh -huh. Right. My question for you is, and this is where I'm going to ask you to be brutally honest and the brutally honest people heal, right? The people who are semi-honest and a little bit honest, they do a semi-healing do you believe with conviction that you've that you really trust your body and that and that you're living that dream here and now or that there's more work to do there's more work to do that's the piece we need to have compassion for and lean into so it's not saying oh i've let myself down i'm inadequate you know, I'm on this call with 130 people listening to me and Joey's telling me I don't believe in my healing. It's, it's not like that. It's more just saying, all right, I've come from A, I'm, I'm sitting at B, but where I want to get to is Z. What do, I, what do I do now to really fine tune my trust and my belief in my body? How can I get really sophisticated about this? And um, like something you could play with when you're ready is actually body scan while you're working, like while you're at your fingertips on your laptop, while you're at the screens, like how can you bring in those neuroplasticity, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual presence when you're actually on the job? So, so it's just another thing to play with. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it just could be another tool in your toolkit. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. You sound like you're right on track, so keep going. And like I say, we want to focus on what's working well but then have a bit of brutal honesty about stuff that we're really, we could do better. We're letting ourselves down. If we're not listening to our body, no one's listening to our body. If we're not advocating for ourselves in our inner world, no one is. If we're not in charge of our inner world, no one is. Like we are the yeah. CEO of what goes on in our inner world. And a lot of the times we're failing ourselves or abandoning ourselves and we're letting ourselves down. And that can feel a bit yuck, right? So that's where the compassion comes in, the kindness and the, okay, I'm learning I'm going to be humble and I'm going to try things a bit differently and I'm not going to beat myself up about it, but I'm just going to notice it's there from that place. Healing can really rapidly move forward. So I hope, I hope that's kind of helpful for you, Gary. It does sound like you're on track. Yeah. Very helpful. Thanks. Thank, Thanks thank for taking it. I mean, the, the book's great. Um, I've looked at some of your website and, you know, just reading the book. It's, it's great. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's game changing. Great. I'm glad you found it and enjoy Keep going. Thanks for talking live too. Welcome. All right. It's going to come back over to the chat box. Uh, sorry, I'm just finding my. Um, yeah, so. Um, Maiki, sorry, I don't know how to say your name properly, but has said, I was surprised how easy it is to list what is all working well. This is a great exercise. Gurjeet says, I can observe my own worry thoughts for what they are, just thoughts. Perfect. I love that. That's a really useful, helpful way of viewing worries, which can be debilitating when they take over our mind. Cheryl says, my initial attack, uh, I think in April or September, I'm not sure because of... Um, 9-4, I'm not sure what that means. I've finally been able to resume my walking and Pilates. Well done. Meditation has helped me as well, which I started after reading your book and listening to your videos. That's great. So really, and I want you to start to notice not just what you're doing, but what, what you're feeling, like get into the body. So rather than saying, well, I can go to Pilates and yoga, you might want to say, my heart's beating, my liver's processing, my skin is working. You know, I can digest food. I can eliminate food. I can hear sounds. I can see things. I can touch people. I'm emotionally in sync. Like really get to know at that physical level what is working well in your body because I think that really helps us to trust the machinery, to trust the tools that we're living in. 
Amazed how finding you and Rocksteady program has helped me navigate this process. I've only read chapter one so far. I'm back to doing anything I really wanted to do. Amazing. I remember standing in the shower when I felt my feet for the first time in a long time. The peace and calm and joy that my life has is now so awesome. Positive self-talk. Now when not quite right NQR feel feelings appear, it takes only seconds for them to fade away rather than hours or days. You've nailed it. And that is exactly the kind of result people can expect that when these sensations come and go, in the beginning, as you're transitioning back to really truly owning your normal and believing your normal rather than just saying it like a, a cute, whatever, like slogan. When you go from feeling abnormal, the journey towards feeling normal takes as long as it takes. For some people, it's years. So we, we feel symptoms at first come and go and we learn how to manage them and use them with our Rocksteady toolkit. Then those symptoms disappear and they turn into passing sensations that we respond to and listen to and we use the wisdom of the body and we support ourselves and lean in. And then literally we come back to being this place of absolute utter normal where we love our body, we love our sensations, we no longer have any symptoms because whatever we feel or whatever we hear, those sensations are related to in a completely different way. They're not abnormalized. They're, we actually feel normal as we feel those passing sensations. So... <clears throat> we no longer have the NQR anymore. The not quite right disappears into just this passing phenomena that makes us curious. So that's, that's kind of where we're working towards and they're very realistic expectations. You can completely get rid of symptoms because you're, you're totally changing the way your brain relates to any passing sensation. Somebody else says the Rocksteady program and book are helping me to come to a point in my life to not take my body for granted. I feel to this point in my life, I've been thinking of my body as only a vehicle to help me meet my needs. I ignored the messages of needing to give my body time to heal, to honor my body. I'm grateful that all my body scans can, what they can do for me, walk, digest, breathe, be creative, focus on my day-to-day -day living, hear nature, music, loved ones, voices. Exactly. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Joey, I'm finding it quite difficult learning to see beyond the physical, the creative, productive, functional aspect of who I am, like planning what I want to do, simple stuff, worse yet difficult stuff, it's hard to explain. So just have compassion for that difficulty because when you're ready to go into that mental, emotional, physical journey, it will happen and it will open up and it will be a really gentle ride if that's the desired sensation you take with you. I know for me, whenever I'm entering a new challenge like whether it's having a baby or writing a book I bring in the qualities of ease and grace and I want gentle landings and they are what I focus on every single step of the way people say to me Joey how do you have a small baby and run a business and publish a book and I'm like well I just set it up I have the supports I need I know my body I know myself I know my needs I know how to create the, the desired sensations I want I know how to respond to my body and it's just just one step at a time and it is graceful and easy and gentle because that's how I create it and you can do that too this is not rocket science it's just being really clear and specific about what's actually going on in the inner world and taking control of it instead of feeling that we're powerless helpless and it's controlling us so we flip that around we become the CEO we become we take control back um the book's bringing me lots of comfort, It's extremely, which is extremely positive. I'm still trying to learn how to change my mindset. It's interesting that I feel at peace with the vertigo, but the NQR feelings are, and then that drops off. Sean, you're right. So much of me is working well and focusing on that helps. My energy is good. My digestion is good. I'm sleeping well like an exercise. I went to the ENT a few weeks ago thinking I had hearing loss, and they tested me and said my hearing was good. It surprised me, but I'm reminding myself that my hearing is good, and that makes me feel a bit better. Great. Um... I had an acoustic neuroma, excited 30 years ago, and tinnitus has spiked, deaf in that ear, much anxiety. And Frank, it's all reversible. The anxiety is reversible and the tinnitus is reversible. Keep reading the book. Somebody else. My disconnect becomes evident to me during body scanning. Yes, I was like that too. It's hard for my brain to actually sense specific areas of my body. Sometimes I feel an area of my body, but then I lose that sense when I do the next body scan. Every single body scan is different. And if you're noticing every single body scan is different, you're perfectly on track. I would be really dubious and question people who have the same body scan experience every time because that would say to me they're not present and they're actually just going through a me mechanical repetition. So every single time you drop into a body scan, you can expect to feel and sense completely different things in every single moment. 
Um, and there's no rules. Like body scan is just showing up to what is. It doesn't matter if you're panicking, angry, guilty, tense. You just body scan the tension. You body scan the anger. It's not about being blissed. It's not about being relaxed. It just is what it is. And you're learning to be non-judgmentally with that and to support that. Um, I think my body is telling me, stay with me, trust me, give me time without any pressure. Totally. I want you to write that down. I want you to put that on you know, your bedside table, put it on the mirror in your bathroom, like keep reading that everywhere. If you have a journal, write that down every single day. Just really get that message in because that to me sounds like true wisdom that you've captured there. Um, Martin said, thanks, Gary. I got a few new thoughts for me too that I hadn't considered previously. And yes, thank you, Gary. It's always beautiful to have somebody who's brave enough to come on live. Anyone is welcome to join our Facebook group that's open to the public. It's free to the public. The reason I keep that free to the public is because I think these conversations about healing are so misrepresented on the internet that I want people to have a place that they can come to at no cost to join a community, to be a part of the conversation. If you are part of the Facebook group, you can only comment and you can only post about your own healing. We really don't accept any clutter, no questions, no advice giving. It's not a place to make friends. It's a place to be witnessed in your healing. It's an educational space to learn about healing. So you have to know, know that when you join the group, there are agreements. We don't post clutter and links to whatever videos, whatever external things. You just post about you. You post about how you're healing. You post about how you're using neuroplasticity. And if you don't know how you're doing that, you don't post and you don't comment. You just learn by reading other people's comments and other people's posts. So I hope that clears it up. But yes, it's free to the public. If you break the agreement and you start asking questions or asking for advice or giving advice, you'll literally be removed because it's just, it's a really special group and we have to keep that container. Otherwise it just becomes a chit chat space where people start whinging about their symptoms. Nancy says, I feel I can become my own best friend and this makes a difference and it's very subtle. It's massive. I totally agree. And it's a subtle accumulation over weeks, months and years until one day we can't even remember what it was like to have symptoms because we just we become our own friend and we befriend everything we experience. I've been doing this for a few weeks and already seeing major improvements. Small wins are huge. Can I just say on that note, if you have read my book and got anything out of it, please give me a book review. Last time I checked, I had 39 reviews. I would love to get to 100 reviews by Christmas time. If you, that would be the best thing you could do to thank me for writing the book. And it was, I did really put a lot of pressure on myself to get the book out because I knew you guys needed it and I wanted you to have it. Um, and yeah, so, you know, people who buy the Rocksteady program actually put food on the table for me. That's what feeds my family. I am, I'm the breadwinner in my family and people, people who support the book are also supporting me um, in that regard too. But really the, the books for you, the books, not so much about my business. It's more about you guys need this education. You need the resources, you need the hope. And there's just so much jargon out there and misinformation about having to live with it. You know, you just got to accept it and it's just not true. So if this book has helped you in any way, have these small wins, see improvements, feel better, the best way you can support me, thank me and help me keep doing this work is to write a book review. That helps more people learn about it. It helps build more traction. It will help us get media and it will help this community just grow larger and stronger, which, which I think will have a really beautiful impact on the planet. So I just want to say every single book review matters. Every single book review counts. People read them. And the more people that write book reviews, the more the book will be seen as a really trustworthy resource um, little by little over time. So I just wanted to do that little shout out. And, and you know, again, thank you for supporting me um, and, and allowing me to do what I do because I have no support. So I have no government funding and no private funding. So it really does mean a lot when people support me in my business. Um, we're getting towards the end of the call. Um, I'm gonna have to, I can't read all of these messages. I'm sorry. People, someone said, where do we write reviews? The best place to write a review is where you bought the book. Um, so a lot of people will have bought from Amazon or Fishpond, Booktopia, Book Depository. Um, but you know what, if they let you, if you can write a book review at Barnes and Noble, that would be great. If you can copy and paste your book review and put it on different sites, that would be even better. Um, but yes, a lot of people are reviewing on Amazon. If you've bought the book on Amazon and then you review on Amazon, you're called a verified reviewer and that actually has larger impact. So if you can become a verified reviewer because you've purchased the book, 
and you can add photos. You can take a photo of yourself holding the book and you can add that in, which just helps Amazon know that it's not spam and you're a real person with a real review. Um, that would just be amazing. So yes, anywhere at all you can review, anywhere you can see that the book needs a review, if you can add a review, that would just be so amazing and I'm so grateful. Um, all right, so someone else has said, self-kindness, compassion, non-judgment is rather foreign thought coming from a very critical family. Me too, right? I totally hear you. That was a long journey for me to learn about self-kindness and compassion. And in fact, in the book, I talk a little bit about that journey and, and, and how it landed for me. And it's a continuing process. So after finding you on YouTube, self-talk, my self-talk has improved a huge step. I feel such freedom and this has translated well into my dizzy symptoms. Great. Um, perfect. And Alicia says, the Rocksteady program in the book showed me that my body has always been there for me, waiting with love and for me to hear it. So I, so now I am much more connected with my inner me, trying to listen to my body and searching with curiosity, self-love without judging what's going on there really. And you know what? I think that's a really nice place to end this call because that's what it's all about. It's about understanding our body has always been on our team. Our body is not letting us down. It's about us returning home to the body because it's no one's fault. And I, I really hope nobody feels ashamed or kind of angry at themselves or guilty because we are trained to not listen to our body. We are literally trained to listen to our parents, to listen to the school teacher, to listen to our boyfriend, to our wife, to our husband, to our boss. We're trained to listen to what's outside of us, to the authority outside of us. And this entire process is about saying, actually, no, I'm not going to focus on what the experts are telling me because they don't know me. I'm going to go into my body and I'm going to say my body is the expert. My body is the authority and I'm going to listen. And you know what? I haven't been doing that in my life, so this is new. I've got to learn how to do that. I've got to learn the language of my body. I've got to learn what my body is telling me in this moment. And that can be a really humbling process and nobody teaches us how to do it. And so this is the journey you're all embarking on. It requires a lot of curiosity, a lot of openness, non-judgment, self-kindness, self-love, self-awe and self-respect. And can you just imagine how much this will impact the world because as we begin to treat ourselves differently, as we begin to relate to our bodies differently, as we begin to show up in the world with more self-respect, self-love and self-knowing, when we can be more certain about what is real for us and what is not working for us, we can speak up for ourselves, we can advocate. So it starts here with our body and with how we are relating to ourselves. We're kind of our, our, we're our first friend in our first relationship and then as we get those skills, it will translate into how we treat ourselves in the workplace, how we stand up for ourselves, how we follow through with creative ambitions, how we experiment and explore our full potential instead of holding ourselves back saying, no, I can't do this. I don't feel right. I'm abnormal. I'm unworthy. I'm not good enough. And I'm just not even going to try. Right. So it's, it's, it, this dramatically has a roll on effect to our family, to our community, and of course, to the planet. So Yes, I want to say thank you for being on this call. Thank you to everybody who's writing me a review or going to write me a review. I can't tell you how important that is. I'm not reading them because it's not healthy for authors to read their own reviews. But um, if you would like me to thank you for your review, take a screenshot and post it in the Facebook group and I will personally thank you for writing the review. Um, so thank you so much. I've got a final one here. I just want to say, this is from Cheryl. I want to say thank you for all the resources you supply those of us needing help with this scary disorder. You're right about doctors not always diagnosing correctly. I was diagnosed six weeks, six weeks ago with vestibular migraine. I plan to take your book to my neurologist and see if he agrees with me per your explanation that I have triple PD. Thank you, Joey. P.S. I will send a review on Amazon. And Cheryl, what I would say to you is don't need the neurologist's approval or agreement, right? Given the book, Look him in the eyes and say, this is actually what I relate to. And this is what I think I have. Some people have both. Some people have both vestibular migraine and triple PD. Depending on your neurologist and their personality and their background and their training and their hangups and their own emotional crap that they're living in, they might be really rude to you and basically just poo-poo you. Or they might be like, oh, this is fantastic. I agree with you, right? Don't be invested in their response. In fact, don't even ask for their response. Just tell them. I relate to triple PD and while I may or may not have vestibular migraine, I think triple PD is a diagnosis that works for me and you can have both, you can have only triple PD, you can have only VM, it doesn't matter. 
All that matters is that you have medical clearance and you focus on how you're healing. The diagnosis is completely irrelevant and I really clear that up in the book and I, and I explain why. So I just want to say if you need that neurologist approval, you're giving your power away. Don't need it. Don't want it because they may or may not give it to you, right? And then it can lead to a lot of disappointment, etc. Definitely give him a copy of the book. Buy a copy and give him a copy of the book or her um, because that will potentially help them understand you, help them what you're going through and help future clients. So on that note, thank you everybody. Yes, this is recorded. I will probably just throw this straight up on the um, YouTube channel so it's just open to the public and free for everybody. And on that note, I'll stop the share. Thank you so much. And it's a little bye for now.